You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly, founder of the Internet Law Center, here with another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report. We're broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in downtown Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. Thank you for joining us. We have another great show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the latest and greatest in the domain world. Um, we're covering the new GTLDs, the great expansion beyond the .com, .net, and beyond, and we're also going to be talking about ICANN accountability, and we're going to be doing it with um, a great um, friend of the show who um, you know, is with Mind and Machines, and they are one of the leader, leading players in that space. In fact, they were even created um, just for this space. So we have with us Reg Levy, and she is the VP of Compliance and Policy for Mind and Machines in um, sunny downtown Culver City. Um, how are you, Reg? I'm doing great, Bennett. I uh, just got back from Dublin where I can met for the 54th official time, and uh, I think I'm finally over jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, coming back from Dublin, one question is whether it is jet lag that you may be over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's... They do go to great places. I mean, why don't you just, before we even get into the substance, let's make people jealous. Um, you went to Dublin, and before that was Buenos Aires? And Yeah, before that was Buenos Aires, before that was Singapore, before that, I think, was London. I'm making these out of order. Uh, Singapore again, Buenos Aires, and I've also been to Prague, which was amazing, Toronto, which is Toronto, and also fun. I had never been there before, but it actually is no place. Prague. And did you go to Durban? I did go to Durban, yes. So, I actually missed one since Prague, which I believe was the, um, well, it must have been the 44th, since Dublin was my 10th meeting. Uh, I'm, I'm dating myself, but for those who remember the wild world of sports spanning the globe, uh, it sounds like you've been doing that quite a bit. And it's a pretty Indeed. good, 
pretty good rides you've had. So tell us about um, how you came to join Mind and Machines and, and what exactly, uh, which part do you work with, the mind of the machines? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to say that I'm one of the minds, but more often I suppose I'm one of the machines. Um, so I was brought on with the application for the new GTLDs. So mm-hmm. we had these 300-page documents that were quasi-technical, quasi-legal, applications that were submitted to ICANN, and I was brought on to review them or to help review them for internal consistency to make sure that we weren't contradicting ourselves because we had technical people writing the technical part and um, non-technical people writing the rest. And so I had to make sure that things didn't, things matched up. And, 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 and imagine it worked well because you, you're still there all these years later. And there you go. Yeah, they they liked me. I was a good fit, and so I stayed on as director of business and legal for a couple of years, and then now I'm compliance and policy. And and policy that is that just ICANN policy, or you're also doing state and local and federal policy? So at the moment, it's mostly limited to ICANN policy. I'm starting to try to branch out more into um, things like INTA. They have a good uh, internet committee that I need to be, that I'm starting to try to get more involved in. More importantly, they have a great conference, and my <laughs> college, my college roommate's wife used to run run the conference, so I'm really? well aware. Yeah, I'm well aware of what a great conference it is because uh, I've been a few times and you know, met up with them. But yeah, um, I've been a couple times, but I did not discover the internet committee within Inta. Until the San Diego meeting just this year. That's funny. Well, that would be. So they do they do San Diego every so often, and like twenty years ago, um, my college roommate came out for that, and we we ended up going to Tijuana and getting in trouble. But any event, um, <laughs> let, let's talk, let's talk about Mind and Machines because this was a company that actually launched at an ICANN meeting, I believe, in Mexico City. Which so the transition from Tijuana isn't that bad. Um, <laughs> but solely for the purpose of. Um, getting into this new space. It was, yes. And it was founded by Anthony Vancouvering and Fred Kruger. And very quickly they brought on Elaine Pruis, all three of which had been involved in the ICANN space for some time and had been involved in the new GTLD space, and or rather in the prospect of new GTLDs. And when they were founded back in 07, they thought it was going to be maybe six to eight months before the applications were due. And I didn't start at the company until 2012, um, <laughs> which was when the applications were actually due. Yes. <laughs> so and- ICANN does move at the pace of um, extreme democracy. And so you have emerged, I believe, and I you when I see, I mean, Mind and Machines, um, have emerged as one of the largest players in the space in terms of you know what you were able to acquire from the initial bidding, and you do have some pretty um, prime holdings. Um, we like to think so. And I, I, I noticed that you have Bayern as one of them, which would be your home um, territory. But we um, do, yeah. But one, I guess, one that would be very interesting, maybe for this audience, is you have. Um, Abogado and dot law. Yes. And why don't you talk a little bit about, about that rollout and you know 
I have a hunch. My hunch about this is lawyers are one change resistant, and they're usually late adapters to technology. And and so I'm curious how this rollout is going. Um, whether it's trying to how you overcome that, or if if you have. Yeah, and that's a good point, especially since there are so many other legal GTLDs that uh, that premiered before Dot Law and Dot Avogadro did. But we're setting ourselves apart from the rest of the pack by requiring the applicant, to, or excuse me, the registrant, to be a lawyer. So when you apply for a domain name in the .law or in the .avogadro namespace, you have to include your name, your your name as recorded at the, the bar association, the licensing um, jurisdiction, as well as the date and number of your licensure. So you're going to be it, we're restricting it, and we think that that's going to bring greater Usage both on the um, on the end user side, they can be assured when they see something ending in dot law that there's a lawyer on the other end, mm-hmm. as well as um, uptake by lawyers. And I joke that the only industry that uses fax numbers anymore is lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I'm always impressed when I get a, a business card from a lawyer that does not include a fax number. So I'm with you on the fact that lawyers are usually very slow to pick up on new technology. But we've actually seen extreme interest in .law and .abogado. And we are partnering with a lot of, um, at least starting in the U.S., the big names, you know, ABA and such. We're, and it's it's one of the fastest growing new GTLDs, which Actually, is yeah, I'm looking at um, some list. It's it's in the top fifteen. Yeah, and we expect it to continue to grow. And so. Um, and looking at what's interesting in this space, so you, you have another other prime properties. Uh, I would I would classify um, well one geographic property seems to have done well. Um, Bayern, Budapest, and you're just rolling out dot Miami. Uh, I know um, some of the successful regional ones have been dot NYC, dot London, and so how what's your take on what what is doing well in this space? I really think that. Users need to be given a reason to buy a domain name, and people are just used to .com, right. and they're used to .net, but they see it as slightly lower than .com. So if they can't get RegLevy.com, they might get RegLevy.net. But where there are sort of built-in relationships with, for example, a place or an industry, then I think there's less of... Um, less of a hard sell to get people to pick it up. People who live in New York, people who live in London, they love their city. They and do. so it's a no-brainer to pick up London or what have you. Um, and the same with some of the bigger industries, .law, for example. Um, with the hobbies, I think it's a little bit more difficult. And, for example, we have .fishing and .rodeo. Right, and we have seen extreme interest in those industries, I, but they're much smaller than, say, the city of London. I have to ask: um, Is this your first rodeo? 
<laughs> no, but I know the person who owns First Dot Rodeo, and he just loves it. So, um, but one one of your properties I think does have potential is um, Dot Wedding. Yes, Be- because that is a a singular event, and and having that type of domain just makes you know you can have you know Jack and Diane Dot Wedding. Exactly. And it's the kind of thing that they can either hang on to and so, you know, for the rest of their relationship as they have kids and they can post things up on there um, or they can keep it for the couple years that they need it, you know, for uh, telling people when and where it's going to be through to telling people when and where it was and how to buy gifts um, after the fact should they have forgotten. Um, and then it can be sold to the next person down the line. I, I agree. I think wedding, excuse me, dot wedding is one of the um, one of the real gems in our collection. Which begs the question: Who is dot baby? I don't know off the top of my head, but if or you give me five seconds, I can find out. <laughs> more, or more more perversely, dot shotgun. But um, <laughs> well, that was not applied for. I can tell you that. <laughs> so it, you you raise a good question, though. Um, a good point. We're this stage of the process is is the we had one came up with ideas for domains and um, this is the first this what we're seeing now is the processing of everyone's collective brainstorm and even then we are not seeing all of it because it's still the disputed domains which probably are the argue potentially the most desirable ones since multiple people thought about it and then sure. we're going to see another round of brainstorming um, and so. Right. So the new GTLD process, this is often referred to as the first round, quote unquote, but it's really not, um, you know, the the first round would have been immediately post Comnet.org, MIL, ARPA, et cetera, EDU. Um, So I think this is the fourth or fifth round technically, but the next round is, has always been considered that it will happen. And so the new GTLD program that was discussed in 07 and went live in 2012 and is now coming to fruition, um, it, it was always intended that it would be open in the extreme, as, as happened. There were 1,400 right. or more applications, but also that lessons learned would be implemented in subsequent rounds and that eventually it would be the case where it was just open. And so you didn't have, there wasn't a window of time where you had to apply for something. It would just be, you would think of something and you would apply for it. And right now, ICANN and the broader ICANN community is looking into what the lessons learned are, what was good, what was bad, as well as what to do um, in the next round and when that's even going to happen. So the government account, or excuse me, government advisory committee uh, or the GAC at ICANN is looking into what kinds of protections they want to ensure in the next round for geographic identities, for example. Um, The business and intellectual property groups at ICANN are looking into how to make it easier for brands to enter in the new round. And I think that's maybe one of the pieces that we missed in our earlier conversation because brands, I think, are one of the biggest opportunities for new GTLDs. If you oh. go to something that ends in .ford, you know 
that that's an official Ford site. Right. And a lot of banks have switched to, or rather, have applied for and successfully gotten their own private. There is a dot bank, but there's also dot Bradesco, for example, which is one of the largest banks in Brazil. And so that way they can ensure that phishing is harder for their customers because they can tell their customers, look, if it does not end in dot Bradesco, then it's not us. And right now you have several contested. We do, um, yes. And and actually, you've made I think in the ballpark of ten million by uh, withdrawing from some of those contests. For example, for Dart Art and some others, um, which says that the, these are highly valued um, domains that we're talking about for the the final round. And how 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 exactly is this resolved? So. It ought, I mean, for the most part, it's going to be resolved by auction. The ones that remain contested have some applicant who believes that they are special in some way. So in the application itself, you could indicate that you were, for example, a community. And if you were a community based on the criteria laid out by ICANN in the um, – is it called the New GTLD Applicant Guidebook, uh, which was our Bible when writing and submitting the applications. If you were, if you fell into a community as defined by the guidebook, then you would advance above those who were not communities. So, in the event of a contest, a community would advance and the other would not. If there were two communities or two non-communities, they would have to go to auction. So the ones that remain contested at this point are those that have yet to come to a final determination about whether or not they are a community. I see. And yes, because I, I understand, given like, for example, one of them is .gay. Correct. .gay was the one I was going to talk about. So .gay, in the, they went to community priority evaluation, and the panel said... You say that you represent gay, lesbian, transgender, excuse me, transgender allies, but you don't refer to allies as gay. You don't refer to transgender as gay. So you're not actually a community that is defined by the word gay. And so that was the, that was the determination. And after that, they objected to it. And it went back to a second round of community priority evaluation, and they came to the same result. So we're hoping that soon it will actually advance to an auction. All right. Well, we're going to have to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to learn more about the GTLD process, ICANN Accountability, and Dublin. After these messages, you're listening to Cyberlong Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Save the date and join us for the 32nd Annual Miami Book Fair presented and produced by the Center for Writing and Literature at Miami-Dade College, November 15th through the 22nd in downtown Miami, Florida. Connect one-on-one with some of the biggest and brightest best-selling authors and luminaries, including Jane Smiley, Tom Brokaw, Eric Bogosian, Mitch Album, Ben Mesrich, Alan Dershowitz, Natalie Dupree, and so many more. 
Book lovers will enjoy eight days of exceptional cultural and educational activities. Plus, enjoy visiting more than 200 exhibitors from around the country. Kitchen demonstrations and panels from Miami-Dade College's Miami Culinary Institute. Live music and so much more. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com and follow Miami Book Fair on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And don't forget to use the hashtag MiamiReads. Save the date, November 15th to the 22nd. It's the 32nd Annual Miami Book Fair 2015. Don't just read about it. Be there. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. We're talking to Reg Levy, um, Minds and Machines, and we're talking about the, the latest and greatest in the domain space. And you know, I know this is generally a lighthearted show, but we try to be informative, but there's sometimes serious issues do come up that need to be addressed. And Reg, I'm I'm hearing stories out of Dublin that um, something about crack. <laughs> so crack is potentially my new favorite uh, Gaelic, excuse me, Irish word, and it means fun, sort of fun with friends. Very often, it includes going out on the town. And it's um, it's very often used with the definitive article. So, uh, did you find the crack, for example? Or did you, did we, you have you had, good crack? You had good crack, <laughs> yes. And there was this great crack in Dublin. Um, the Monday of ICANN was the gala, and it was it was hosted by local Irish tech companies, and they gave us some fantastic crack. There was singing, there was dancing, there was karaoke. There was, of course, lots of great local beer. Um, it was very fun. <laughs> we had that out there. Um, <laughs> so in, as we, we move on in the domain process, um, you guys are playing, obviously, a significant role in ICANN in terms of uh, as in policy role. And one issue that comes up in, in policy is ICANN accountability and the and in hand in hand in transition um, from the commerce status, current status, this memorandum of understanding to possibly being you know, overseen by some independent body. And I don't, what what is your view on that transition? So currently, ICANN runs pretty autonomously from the Department of Commerce and the U.S. government, but because of the MOU. 
it's seen as still being an arm of the U.S. government. And so from an international perspective, when people seek to criticize ICANN, it's, it's a very easy target to say, well, they're just stooges of the U.S. government. Now, again, in practice, that is not the case. But I do think that it is very important to proceed with the IANA transition and if only to remind everyone that ICANN is a global force. Um, its motto is one world, one internet, which I suppose is a little hokey, but it, I love it. And it's true because this is why we go to Dublin. This is why we go to Durban and Singapore and Toronto, because this is not just a U.S. operation. It really is, and it really involves people from all over the world. So, the accountability piece of the IANA transition comes down to how ICANN and the ICANN board operate. ICANN is a U.S. California nonprofit, and at the end of the day, although it is, as I like to say, democracy on steroids, it's the board of ICANN that makes the final decision. And so a lot of the accountability discussions come down to whether or not the community has the ability to override the board in extreme cases. Now, the community is made up of registries, registrars, intellectual property interests, law enforcement interests, um, non-commercial users' interests, cross, cross the board, anyone who uses or has any relationship with the internet is part of the quote-unquote community. So the times when community would agree on something to overturn the board's determination are few and far between. So a lot of it comes down to just sort of on paper showing that there is accountability to the community so that we can move forward with the transition. And that's something that the community has said and that even the U.S. government has said with relation to the IANA transition. And what steps need to be taken to make the community feel more comfortable? That's a good question. I think acknowledgement of the community and the community's role by the board would be the main step. There's a lot of um, perception among the community that the board is ruled by legal interests, which is to say they act in the way in, in so that they don't get sued, that that's okay. always their final consideration as opposed to uh, their remit, which is the security and stability of the internet. And so reaffirmation of those kinds of commitments would go a long way toward making the community feel better about allowing ICANN to be even more autonomous. And again, a lot of this is just on paper because right now when people complain to the U.S. government about ICANN, the response is, we can't do anything. You need to go through the you Their know, process, yeah. Right, exactly. And and that's happened a number of times in the last few months. So, again, it's it's sort of, it's on paper. There will be a change, but in reality, there won't be a huge change. But it will be, it, the community still needs to be reassured that the board understands its place in the community as a member of the community, that the board is just a small part. And as 
the the whole battle over dot Africa affected that perception at all in, in terms of the determination um, in favor of the the challenger over the um, DCA over dot Africa that the perception that I can it has not been accountable. You know, that's an excellent question, but I really don't think that it has. I think there are other TLDs where there have been um, seeming perceptions in one direction or another that affected it more. But the general sense from the community is that the – so under the rules of the guidebook, for a geographic designation to be official – you need to either have the support of the government that runs that geographic designation. So when we applied for Dot London, for example, we had a letter from the mayor of London, and that was sufficient. Or it needs to be supported by at least 60% of the people um, of the government in that region. And so my understanding of the Dot Africa situation is that there have been letters from at least 60% of the governments of each country in the continent that are in support of um, the prevailing application. But that said, ICANN has been extremely differential to the DCA application itself. Um, it was, for example, the only application that was allowed to change its uh, its string that it applied for because it accidentally applied for DOT Africa instead of oh. just Africa. And so, and regardless of, of the reasons why, but again and again, ICANN, the board, um, has been deferential to the DCA application and it has still shown that the DCA application is, is not... It, it didn't follow the rules, and so it should not proceed. Um, I don't think that that reflects poorly on ICANN, either the community or the board. And I do think that once Dot Africa goes to market, regardless of whose application wins, that it is going to be a real boon to the continent. And everyone who I've spoken with, from the African region is excited about the new GTLD. Is, is um, are there similar ones for other countries? I mean, excuse me, other continents. I mean, is there? Because um, what would you do for the Americas? Would it be dot Americas or potentially? So there's a dot Asia, um, which makes sense. Happened in a prior round. There's a dot EU, which also happened in a prior round. Um, I, I don't see that there will be a um, Oceana. <laughs> I was going to say a market <laughs> for either an Oceania or a, an Americas or a North America or South America. Um, but I do think that the um, the dot Africa is an important step in the internet in Africa. Of oh, definitely. That's that's my opinion as somebody who is not from there but but my understanding of people who I've spoken with from Africa and from the different uh, countries represented excuse me represented who supported I forget who the other applicant is the non DCA application uh, then it looking forward to it now next step in the transition you know, the Department of Commerce has said you know, they were going to move forward by a certain date and now they're saying well we actually don't have to move forward by then. Um, 
what would you like to see the Department of Commerce do? Allow the community time to work and come to a decision, honestly. Um, the quote-unquote deadline has been missed a couple of times, and now uh, the U.S. government is finally saying, look, it's not it, – there's no deadline. We'd like you guys to be autonomous, but do it on your own time. And I really think that that's the right answer. And what do you say to – because as soon as the, the decision was announced, you actually saw people paraphrasing – Ronald Which Reagan's decision? statement. Oh, I'm sorry. The the, the uh, Obama administration's decision to move forward on the transition. Oh, oh, um, yeah. And set and set a timetable. You immediately heard quotes, um, paraphrasing quotes from Ronald Reagan on the Panama Canal, which led me to call it, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I Canama, you know, because that that that's basically what they're doing. We're, we're playing the politics of Panama over I can. And what do you what do you say to the I, I Canamites? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're going to be in Panama next year. <laughs> How fitting. <laughs> it's actually a great place if you haven't been. It's a lot of fun. I have not, and I am looking forward to it. You have the Atlantic and the Pacific, right? You know, obviously, that's why the canal's there. You have rainforest. It's a great place. So I think that, as with most political situations, people see what they want to see, and they take it as uh, proof of their position. So people who think that ICANN is run by the U.S. government look at it and say, look, Obama gave his imprimatur and now ICANN can move forward. But before, they were just waiting for the U.S. government to weigh in. People who say that the U.S. government isn't involved at ICANN will look at it and say, look, even President Obama agrees with us. So I think to a large extent, it's it's politicking on both sides, and it has to be worked out from within the community. There are hundreds of people working tirelessly on the transition and coming up with something that is amenable to the community as well as to the board, and it's taking some time and it's taking some work. Um, ICANN is democracy on steroids. There are so many small groups that they come to a decision and they go out. So, for example, I am most active in the registry stakeholders group. So the registry stakeholders group gets together and comes to a decision and sends that decision to their counselor, to the generic names supporting organization council or the GNSO council. And then the council sits along with a bunch of other interests, the registrars, the intellectual property constituency, the non-commercial users constituency. So the GNSO sits and they come up with an answer and they send it up to the next level. And and it it takes a long time. And at the end of the day, just like, was it Churchill said, democracy is the worst possible um, former government, government except for all the others? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's really where ICANN is. It's it is the most one of the most pure forms of democracy, and because of that, it takes a really long time. And at the end of the day, I think we come up with something that's better than any other form of coming to these kinds of decisions. But it takes a while. It does. Now, one issue that we actually had a show a couple of weeks back with Mark Jeffko, Jeff, Jeftovich um, from yeah. – you're familiar with him – from – on the whole who is privacy issue, did that get discussed much in Dublin? 
There were a number of meetings between uh, law enforcement and registrar interests because the law enforcement um, interests want greater access to information and registrars want to protect their consumers, not necessarily from any um, idealistic standpoint, although knowing some of the people involved, there's that as well. I, but I think it's so. Also, yeah. It's also a service that they are offering to their customers, and their customers want privacy concerns addressed, and so that's a you know it's a business interest that they are protecting. So as it stands, there will be changes to um, to who is, but I am not confident that the requested changes by the law enforcement interests will be as dire as people have said. Um, still going to be bound by EU, still going to be a case where someone probably needs to submit some kind of a um, uh, due process format, whether that takes the form of a subpoena in the United States or what the, whatever the uh, similar issue is in Europe. And and there's still going to be domain name privacy available for purchase. You know, if you do a who is search on who owns RegLevy.com, it's going to be who is privacy at two cows. So there's still going to be some protections. I think that people should be more concerned with CISPA than with the who is privacy at ICANN just because of um, all of the different interests that are involved. And, and when you say CISPA, you're referring to the, the Senate bill that passed last night? Yeah. So what is your take on that? <laughs> My take is that um, we succeeded with SOPA and PIPA, and I do put them in the same sort of uh, yeah. bucket. And we succeeded, and I say we as you know, internet users who care about their privacy, and we succeeded because the big tech companies made a big stink. And most people understood that their privacy was in jeopardy and when they went to Wikipedia and saw a black page. Exactly. And it's, you know, pretty much the same one that was tried to that they tried to pass a couple of years ago, uh, the same bill, with actually some of the protections removed. So it's a worse bill. And it's it's kind of like um, you know, trying to defund Obamacare. It might look good to bring it, but we're just going to keep bringing it until it succeeds, and that's that frustrates me in terms of the way my company, excuse me, my country's um, democracy works. But we just need to stay on it and and tell our senators and uh, representatives that we're not having it. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with Reg and um, send you on to next week after these messages from. Cyber Law and Business Report. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. 
Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. Just a, a quick detour and, and homage to a high school classmate of mine who was famous for saying, Munch, 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 makes you want to crunch. Um, nope, that's not it. Ice cold bear makes you want to cheer. Ice cold duck makes you want to. Happy birthday, James. Um, <laughs> a good friend from high school. He was a, a very boisterous fan of the football team. So I know I screwed up his cheer. But anyway, happy birthday, James. Come 40 in Massachusetts, wherever you are. But well, we're back with Reg. And um, she was talking about the reaction to CISPA and SOPA. And it is one of the most remarkable turn- turnarounds where you had as many as, I believe it was in the neighborhood of 40 members of Congress or more switching their votes overnight, including sponsors of the bill. So not just someone saying, I support, I, I, I don't support, someone who actually was a, a co-sponsor of the bill. And so, you know, that was a, a, a dramatic moment in, in history and, and in actually American democracy. And so you know, the battle's not over yet there. But um, we have a few minutes left. Reg, we talked earlier about some of the hot domains you have co- coming up. I know Mop. Miami um, is, um, is coming up. I wonder if, if people – if, <laughs> I wonder if, if, if you've registered teal.miami. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, possible that someone has. Uh, I try to think of Miami Vice, you know, pink and teal. Um, there you go. What were the Miami Nebraska? You should know this. What were the Miami Vice characters? Uh, yeah, that would be the fun ones to get. But any, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I know um, Dot Law and, and Dot Abogado is going to be a really big property for you guys. And you know, some of the other properties that came out, they were quite expensive, if I recall. Um, in terms of what they wanted for the, the, the early, at least the early offerings. And um, I think that may have caused some resistance within the legal community to, to really look at the, that space. So Dot Law and Dot Abogado are both going to be priced uh, in around the $200 mark. And there's also going to be a, um, a verification fee, $10 verification fee to 
to to pay for the fact that we are going to confirm that you are in fact a lawyer before we uh, allow the domain to go live. Um, we also have a very extensive um, premium names list. So if you want your name dot law, it's probably going to be around two hundred dollars. But if you want divorce dot law, well then oh. you're probably going to pay a lot for it. I so. To some extent, yes, it is. Um, I mean, $200 is definitely more expensive than a .com. But we do think that it's valuable for the fact that it's it's a closed TLD. It We're going to be increasing trust, consumer trust, in the TLD, just like .org used to be. Um, so, so we think it's worth it. And so far, given the uptake on the .laws, we don't see that that's damaged its reputation at all. And do bars have the bar associations gotten involved in this at all? Because you know, is that like a rev share possibility for them to get? Because there's there, a lot of them are cash starved. So, if you have a bar association that is interested in coming to us and a, discussing that, I am sure we would be happy to do so. Um, I can tell you that we are working with the ABA, which is not. Um, an official bar association, but obviously if California or Nevada or any of the uh, bar associations wanted to come to us directly, we would absolutely take that call. Well, that, I think that could be an interesting opportunity you know, for a bar to you know, say, work something out saying, hey, you know, we, we can give you in bulk um, the, op- the ability for our members and you know, give them a discount or something. Yeah. Um, that that seems to work work out great. Um, the, one last question: One of your other properties, I know, was dot beer. Did you do a lot of research on that in Dublin? <laughs> <laughs> I personally did an extensive amount of research. <laughs> it was actually really fun to be in Dublin um, and and try out their local brews. Um, everybody talks about Guinness, which is amazing. I won't I won't uh, knock it at all, but it's definitely fun to to see what the local brews are there. So uh, one last question, then I'm going to ask you to kind of plug you know, your details. You, you, you have a unique background, you know, coming from Germany, having studied in Germany and then studied in the U.S. How, how does that affect you? How does that make you maybe more capable in working in an environment like I can issues? Well, it's actually funny. When I tell people that, you know, when I tell U.S.-based friends, I'm going to Dublin for a couple weeks and wow, how long is that flight? And I say, oh, you know, it's depending on what airline I take and what stops we make, it'll be 8 to 12 hours. Wow, that's a really long... I'm like, I've been flying West Coast to Europe for basically most of my life, so this trip is nothing. Talk to me about Singapore. Talk to me about Durban. Those are long flights. (laughs) Um, I joke that... I'm almost completely time zoneless now, and everything just give everything to me in UTC, and I'll make the conversion. Um, because it's true, I if I have to wake up for a 4 a.m. call because that's convenient, that's more convenient for more people who are going to be on the call from um, from Australia or Asia, then I'll do it. And I might complain about it, and I might have lots and lots of tea before, but but I'm okay with doing that because it, this is a global, the internet's global, right. and, and it does not bow to my whims. The sun may have set on the British Empire, but it hasn't set on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not yet, anyway. So we only got three minutes left. Um, 
plug plug away. Tell us um, how people can reach you and more. Where, where can they find out more about Minds Minds and Machines? So you can find out more about Minds Machines at mindsandmachines.com. And you can find me on most social media as Reg Levy, R-E-G-L-E-V-Y. So that's me on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, Pinterest, if you really want to know. <laughs> and, and, we, and, and for listeners, we have a full background in the show notes on, on our blog at, at cyberlawradio.wordpress. Um, as well as, you know, we, we tweeted it out on our Twitter account at, at Cyberlaw Radio. So definitely check it out. There's uh, some background on the issues, including information about minds and machines and their properties. And be sure to check out internetlawcenter.net. That's my firm. Um, we, we handle domain issues, among other issues. Uh, we're a full-service internet law firm. Um, definitely check us out, uh, internetlawcenter.net. We're here in um, sunny Santa Monica and um, that's all we have for you this week it's been a pleasure having Reg thank you for joining us thank um, you Bennett been to have you on for some time and um, this is a very important ish- space and we'll definitely keep monitoring it but I want to thank you all for joining us um, we're coming up on our 200th show it's been five years it's been a lot of fun and so hope you'll join us for show number 200 uh, when we come back next week and um, that's all we have thanks again to our producer Brasco and uh, have a great week. This is Bennett Kelly with Internet Law Center saying so long. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.